Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Jeff Puma. What's up, brother, man? Welcome in. I'm doing good, man. Great to be back. Sorry I had to take last week off. I got the touch of the COVID, but two-time COVID world champ right here. So, Paxlovid and I kicked its ass, and now it's great to be back in the saddle. And, you know, AJ, it's great to talk about, you know, a sport where wins actually matter. Wow. Wow. I saw I saw a tweet last night that said that since Trevor Lawrence got hurt, the Jaguars are ineligible for the playoffs. Yep. You know what's <laughs> funny? It's like my family immediately knew I was feeling better when I was like ranting about the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yep. That was yes, the internet. And we'll we'll jump right inside here in a second, but I wanted to say congrats on kicking the Rona. The Rona could not take the Puma down. The Puma mm-hmm. said, "Not in here. Get out of here, Rona." That's basically mm-hmm. what you said, and just left your veins. Correct? Yep, pretty much. Jumped out. It was like I I messing with him. Don't want mm-hmm. none of that smoke. So mm-hmm. yep, no Puma good. smoke. All right, so you touched on it, Puma, and I wanted to uh, jump off with this uh, podcast talking about some college football, which is something we rarely do, right? But I think it's something that needs to be said and have a conversation about just because of the egregious decision made by the college football players. So ultimately, the committee decided on uh, having uh, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and uh, Alabama enter the 2023 college football playoffs, and they left Florida State out. Now, why is this a, a big issue? It's because Florida State is undefeated. It's part of a power five. It won its conference championship, and the team that went over Florida State is a one-loss Alabama team. So ultimately, if you look at both resumes, both did win their conferences, but the deciding factor was that Florida State was undefeated and Alabama um, essentially lost a game. So I know a lot of people have issues with that. I know I do just because I think the games don't matter anymore, Um, but I know you have a lot to say about that as well. So uh, have at it, my friend. Oh, yeah. The committee proved that, you know, games don't matter anymore. It's all about style points. And, you know, you had people still today trotting out like, well, if Florida State played, like, what would that point spread be? Washington was a nine and a half to 10 point underdog against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And they won outright. Alabama was a touchdown underdog against Georgia and they won outright. So in the words of Chip Patterson, miss me with that argument. Like the, the whole point spread thing is stupid. And Sure, style points-wise, was it a tough watch on the offensive side of the football with Rodemaker going out, uh, missing the the uh, the ACC championship game? Yeah, but they were playing their third-string quarterback. Like, Rodemaker would have been back for this playoff game if they weren't hosed. And let's be honest, like, Florida State over the last three weeks showed that they probably had one of the top defenses in the, uh, in the college football uh, landscape at that point where they were just keeping that team in it the whole time. And they limited a Louisville offense that averaged almost like 400 yards a game to under like 200 and made them look very pedestrian in the process. So, you know, it's, it's a team game. And if your logic is, well, the quarterback got injured. Well, I mean, that's just stupid, but here's the cover Jay. The cover is, is, Oh, well, we're not going to have the 14 playoff anymore. So we're going to have a whole new set of standards when we do the 12-team playoff, which is just going to be even more nonsense when we start getting to 12. But this was all just you know, ESPN and those people in Bristol grandstanding and trying to get all the TV ratings that they want because they're the only carrier that has a college football playoff on ESPN. And they turned this whole playoff ranking thing into a dog and pony show that people would tune into on Tuesdays. And it's just... It's so asinine. It's so stupid. I never thought like, 
this would make the BCS actually look more normal, which is actually saying something because the BCS was god awful. I remember that when I was a kid. So this whole thing was a sham. It was like the Montreal screw job and Bash at the Beach 2000 with Hulk Hogan had a love child, and it was the Florida State Seminole season this year. So my, my first um, takeaway is I truly believe we're moving to a point in college football where it's going to be two major conferences. And I know that's something that people have said down the road is going to happen, but I feel like it already happened, right? Because if you look at the four teams right now, you've got a powerhouse in um, you got a powerhouse in Michigan, which is a Big Ten team, right? You've got a, uh, a Washington team that's going to be in the Big Ten next year. You've got a, um, a Texas team, which is going to be in the SEC next year. And then you've got Alabama. So it's SEC versus Big Ten next year. So, you know, ultimately, Puma, you know, it's it's just it's just unfortunate that, you know, just because one guy went down, like you disregard a whole football team. Like, I, I just don't understand the logic in that. If mm-hmm. anything, your, your star quarterback going down should mean that like you're able to keep winning games should mean you're probably one of the best teams in the nation because you can weather a storm of losing your quarterback. So it's unfortunate where college football is going. It seems like now more than ever, it's uh it's it's a money grab. It's a ratings grab. It's ESPN essentially saying, hey, we've got to go out there and get the best possible matchup for our for our platforms. Yeah, and like uh, another macro view too, if you think about it, is well, does that mean Jordan Travis gets the Heisman? Because I mean, clearly. That team can't function without him, right? Yeah. And then the the other part of it too is, you know, this essentially probably put the nail in the coffin in the ACC. Like this conference was barely mm-hmm. holding on by a thread, anyways. But now, if you're a recruit and Florida State's recruiting you, and you look at the landscape and it's like, well, they don't even recognize the ACC pretty much. Like it's yeah. you're not even little brother. We're like yeah. at the children's yeah. table type of deal. Why am I going to go to the ACC? So like this might be like the final jailbreak of Florida State out of the ACC. Now, whether or not they go to either the Big 12 or the Big 10 or, or, or whatever, I mean, they're definitely getting the hell out of the ACC. That's for sure, in my opinion. And then too, like, uh, or finally, I should say, you go to a 12-team playoff, right? If it's just going to be the SEC and the Big 10 show, how many of those allocations are going to go to the SEC into the Big 10? Are you going to have four teams from the SEC and then four from the Big Ten? So there's eight right there. So what? Now you're going to have one person from the the group of five and then maybe like, you know, a team from the ACC, if that's still a thing. Like, it's just an absolute crap show. And they're just making things up on the fly. And I don't want to hear people on ESPN say the games matter because they clearly pointed out that the games matter up until like you know now when we got to move the goalposts we can't have the SEC not be in the playoff which by the way Alabama had a very pedestrian season in my opinion and we are one cornerback for Auburn not blowing his assignment on that fourth and 31 Hail Mary to not having this bullshit yeah and here's here's a breakdown of what the uh 12 team playoffs would have looked like you would have the uh, you have Oregon Missouri playing to take on Michigan you'd have Florida State Liberty playing to take on Alabama You'd have Penn State, uh, Ohio State taking on Washington, and then you'd have Oregon and Ole Miss taking on Texas, right? So, you know, ultimately, next year we're going to have, I guess, more teams in, so it might solve the problem. But the issue is, Puma, at the core of this, it's still a committee picking 12 teams, which I do not understand why that's the case. Why Why are we interjecting human, like, emotion into it? Like, can I be real for you one second? What does Condoleezza Rice have to do with 
picking nothing, football. nothing, what, Jay. Like I, this is not. I I I made this point to a person I was I was working with, and, and they were like, "Oh well, just because she's a woman, she she she." Should. I'm like, "No, it's not that, bro. Like, ultimately, she has great foreign policy like uh, traits, right? And how how to negotiate foreign policy. But how does she pick? How does she have the the pedigree to pick a college football team? She has no more pedigree than I do, and I don't want to do a podcast. Like uh, like I'm not trying to be an ass here, but these people that are are picking these teams." They, they sometimes don't even watch the games. You think some, right. some of these coaches are sitting home and watching all these games? No. Yes. They have people watching for them. They're going on Twitter and they're figuring out what the narrative is. And then they use that as a as a as scoreboard a watching, Jay. They're, they're, that's all they're doing. And it's like, well, if you're scoreboard watching, you would know that, like, you know, Alabama barely survived that trip to Florida right after the Texas game. Like, I, I forget what team it was. I think it was UCF. Could be making that up. I can't remember. Or no, USF, I believe. They they barely won that game. And that was like a low scoring game. And I don't want to hear about well, Jalen Milrow was much improved. Well, yeah, sure, he was much improved, but the record is what the record is. And getting in over an undefeated Florida State team is just asinine to me. And oh, by the way, people want to talk about oh, it would have been a tough watch. Liberty literally had the weakest strength of schedule this year for college football. And you're gonna put them in the playoff if this was a 12 team playoff. It's just, it's all a sham. It's an absolute joke. And the biggest problem, Jay, is like, the, instead of being four teams from the jump, it should have just been six or eight, and there yeah. wouldn't be no nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be real with you. Um, I, I have I have a confession to make. Like, I am very pissed off about the whole Florida State thing. I'll be real with you. I do want to watch Alabama versus Michigan. <laughs> like I so well, here's want the thing. Watch that game. Here's the thing. This yeah. is what ESPN wants. They have this. Sorry to the YouTube algo. They have this wet dream where they want to have this rematch of Texas and Alabama for the national championship game. And you know, for the people in the committee that just apparently box score, you know, box score watch here, the Washington defense was actually really good down the stretch. Yeah, and was. they played a shit ton of one-score games, and that was the deciding factor against Oregon because they didn't panic. They stayed within themselves. That defense made Bo Nix look pedestrian, look like Bo Nix from Auburn, for Christ's sake. And guess what? The offensive weapons for Washington is actually going to be able to get he- you know yeah. healed up over like this next couple of weeks leading into their game against Texas. And sure, Texas's front four lines up great, but their secondary suspect is all hell. And you're going to have Michael Penix Jr. getting healthy and all those wide receivers stretching that team out. That's not going to be a layup. I know people are probably thinking that Texas is just going to roll because of what they saw Texas do to Oklahoma State. You got another thing coming. Like Washington might win that game outright. I would not be surprised. And I'm also hoping for that just so it's a big F you to the committee. So we don't get what, the, you know, the wet dream that they want of Alabama and Texas again. All right. So uh, who do you think is going to make it to the national championship? Right. Cause I do have Michigan barely squeaking out a win against Alabama. And then on the other side, I've got Texas beating Washington. Um, but I'm starting to reconsider that because I've been I've been down playing Washington the whole year just because I thought Oregon was the best team in that conference, but they just molly up Oregon twice. So like I've got to give Washington some credit. So definitely I can definitely take your point and and see the fact that that defense could slow down Quinn Ewers in Texas. But ultimately, I just want to see Michigan versus Texas. That would be that would be just Chef's kiss. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Washington, Alabama. I think Jalen Milrow in his legs is gonna be like, you know, the the deciding factor, in my opinion. You know, clearly I haven't seen enough Big Ten football, so like you can speak to this more than I can. 
But yeah. I feel like Jalen Milrow is the one type of quarterback that Michigan has not faced at all this year. I think like the closest don't people don't lose your minds. The closest comp might be like Talia Taglia, Taglia, whatever it's fine to his brother, Talia. Like, <laughs> and that's and that's even like a stretch because, because he can't move. But like Jalen Milrow is dynamic on the on the ground with his legs, and he does have a howitzer of an arm. So I think like that's gonna be the he's one freaking, guy that can stress that he, defense. He's freaking Derrick Henry back there, dude. The guy, the guy's yeah. a massive, massive quarterback. I mean, he mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be real with you, he's not the most um accurate quarterback. Um, mm -hmm. he's not gonna be able to run a high precision scheme, but the explosives with that man is unbelievable with his running attack, with his big arm, fourth and 31 in Auburn, throwing that on the line, dude. I mean, that that was that was big time. So I mean, listen. I, Michigan's got an up, Michigan got Michigan has an uphill battle against Alabama. Ultimately, I do think Michigan will win, but I would not be one bit shocked if Alabama wins. Mm -hmm. Washington, Alabama. You heard it here first. Who you got winning that game? I mean, I'm going to ride the Huskies till the wheels fall off. Yes, yes. I just think fun. I just think they have the, they have a moxie, and like everyone, everyone's kind of written them off. And I mean, people are basically handing the Pac-12 championship to Oregon on a silver platter. I was too. They, I'll be real. They, yeah, I was you know, about like. It. If they if they were playing the disrespect factor for that, like you know, just imagine what's going to be said about them. Like you know, they're just kind of lucky to be here, type of deal. You know, you can already hear that. Like they don't have the firepower for the SEC; they can't handle it. And you know, I'm all aboard like the Kalen DeBoer train and, and Michael Penix Jr. and that, that offensive team. So you know, I, I got the Huskies. Nice, nice. Which I think is right, plus seven hundred to win outright on some books. So might some be cash a little, on that, bro. Little sprinkle. A little cash on that. All right, before we get rolling, I gotta, I gotta crack open a cold one. Nice. It's been a long day, long day, long Puma. Day. Uh, open a cold one in that Columbus sun. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some um, NFL football where the games actually matter, people. Yes, the, the game there is a matter. last fashion. The games matter here. There's no committee, there's no nonsense, nothing. Yes, yes, and the marquee game of the year, a game that I've been so desperately ready to watch we've got the six and six buffalo bills traveling to kansas city to take on the kansas city chiefs puma we gotta win this game i mean god dude i don't know man like i'm still i'm not long story short i'm gonna roll with the kansas city chiefs i don't feel that comfortable about rolling with the kansas city chiefs but i feel like that defense would be able to bait josh allen into throwing you know a couple of team a couple of balls the other way to them and, and getting the short fields you know, I know they still like you know, the Bills exercise their demons by firing Ken Dorsey. They probably want to run the football more, which isn't a bad idea against the Chiefs defense that's surrendering about 4.6 yards per carry. But I just feel like, you know, it's the Chiefs. It's at home. That's really the only deciding factor here for me. I mean, the offense is still in limbo, in my opinion, for Kansas City. But I feel like Rishi Rice is emerging as that wide receiver one that Patrick Mahomes is going to need because they you know, Sean McDermott is going to try to take Travis Kelsey out of this game. Um, but I don't feel comfortable with it. I like Kansas city in this game. I don't have any action on this game, but if I was to bet it, I would probably look at the under. Um, I don't think this is the high scoring teams that, you know, we're used to seeing over the last couple of years. Puma, I'm going to roll with the Buffalo bills and mostly because this is a, a fork in the road game for the Buffalo Bills, right? Um, if they win this game, everything is still alive for them, right? 
But if they lose this game, Puma, I don't be too dramatic here, but I think it's the end of the Buffalo Bills as we know it. Like we we've always said they've peaked at that, you know, Bills Chiefs game 13 seconds a couple of years ago because they haven't ever gone back to it or, or haven't progressed past that point. But if they lose this game, bro, like think about wholesale changes. Season is over, Sean McDermott's fired. Like you're looking at potentially having like just a cataclysmic event happening in Buffalo. So just because of that and that alone, I do have the Buffalo Bills winning this game. Now, the Chiefs themselves, they're they're beatable this year. They're having mm-hmm. a down year. Nobody wants to talk about it. But Patrick Mahomes is not playing good football by his standards. He's missing Eric Bieniemy. I know, I know we can't fathom the fact that Patrick Mahomes, the God, get God's gift to quarterbacking, can somehow down year. But yes, he is. I'm here to tell you, Patrick Mahomes having a down year. And because of that, Puma, the Buffalo Bills will win this game on, on Sunday. God bless you. I don't know, man. It's just I just have images of Steve Spagnuolo. As bad as bad as Matt Nagy has been as an offensive coordinator, like Steve Spagnuolo is going to be able to dial up some things in this defense. And I know Josh Allen has good numbers against Kansas City, uh, but it's just, you know, their backs against the wall. I, I think they're going to start pressing here. It's a home game for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I don't feel great about it. Isn't this isn't this the game that Josh Allen would win? Because he will lose those bad games. He will lose against the Jets. He will lose against the Patriots. But he will also get to the mountaintop by beating the Chiefs that week. You feel me? Like he will rise up to the occasion for. I can buy that. It's just the other thing too is this might be the one week where like the Chiefs' offense looks good because the the Bills' defense and the excuse has already has been built in for the last two months. Essentially, is how bad you know this defense doesn't have its its horses because there's so there's lack of depth, the injury bug. But I mean, I I've been saying it since the Pats game, like, you know, you, you throw against the middle of this field then you put there, you, you start testing the bills linebackers here and you're going to have success. I mean, that's how Mac Jones had success as bad as Mac has been all year. That was one of the good games that he had. And it's like, if you got Rishi Rice screaming down the middle or Hey, maybe sky Moore can actually catch the football and you start having him go in, down the middle on some on uh you know some slants and, and whatnot. And if ty- if uh if Travis Kelsey can break out of some coverage and live in the middle, especially if they're playing zone, it's gonna be a long day at the office for the Buffalo Bills. So I'll feel great about it. I lean toward Kansas City, but I, I really want nothing to do with this game from a betting angle. All right, here's here's some betting odds coming out a couple days ago. So these might have updated. So apologies if they did so, but Dude, seven is a massive number for the Buffalo Bills. Like, why would you not snag yeah, that, that immediately? No, that moved. That's it's two and a half now. It's two and a half. Yeah, from seven, it moved that. that I don't much? think it's been, that might have been like the early look ahead, but it's yeah. it's two and a half right now. Okay, and you said you're staying away from this game by all odds, right? Yeah, like if anything, I might look at some props, but like I'm not really picking a side. It's the over under right now. Right before we started recording, was forty seven and a half. I mm-hmm. might look at the under. But yeah. I'm not picking a side in this game. So unders have been hitting at a, at a fairly alarming rate this year, correct? Well, that yeah, on the season, yes. But the yeah. prime time unders have been the thing. Monday night football yeah. unders are like tw- like twelve and one or twenty two and one. It's it's insane. It's over seventy percent of the time the unders have been hitting in Monday night football and in prime time in general has been fantastic for the unders on the season. It's probably a slight edge towards the under because it yeah. has been a couple of weeks where the the over is pop, especially in the beginning of the year. Uh, but primetime unders have been the thing. So I was listening to RJ Bell and I was sharing this stat with you, but he was talking about how 
you know, over the last few weeks, if you take 72 straight games, and of all those 72 straight games, you bet the under blindly without even seeing who the teams were, you would have won 60 out of 72 games. Mm-hmm. That is that is an insane clip, dude. That, that is absolutely insane. So for, for, from here on out, because scoring is down this year, and I, I truly believe that there is a element of the defense's catching for the offenses, I, I'm going to just blindly take the under for all these games, man. But here's the thing. It's now week, what, week 13? So, like, now, like, the books are adjusting. So the unders are just going to keep getting lower and yeah. lower and lower. So at some point, there is going to be a pop. Do I think it's going to be on Thursday night football against the Steelers and Pats? Absolutely not. That is a Let's big West football game. Let's the over-under, I think, is like at 30 or 30 and a half. I mean, Army-Navy's low, lower than that. But, I mean, I would be careful with, the like, there are some instances where, yeah, blindly bet them. But, I, I don't know. I would start treading lightly on the under train, too, because now the books are going to just keep lowering that number until it pops. Let's go, Pats, baby. Bailey Zappy. Let's go. Bailey All right. Zap, man. Okay. 40, 45 Patriots, 35 Steelers. I'm calling it right now. And you're on drugs. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Seahawks versus 49ers. Puma, who you got win this game? San Francisco. You know, they're playing at home in, in Santa Clara. You know, it's not San Francisco. I'm never going to call it San Francisco where Levi <laughs> Stadium is. They are 45 minutes outside of downtown San Francisco. But anywho, um, 49ers are going to roll here. I mean, the, yep. this is just a rematch from Thanksgiving. And granted, Geno Smith is going to be healthier compared to when they played on Thanksgiving because of the elbow. Geno looked great against Dallas uh, last week and really aired it out. I mean, first play of the game was a 70-yard touchdown bomb to uh, DK Metcalf. But, you know, he's getting healthier. But now what's going on at the running back position? Because Charbonnet might be out with a knee injury. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third's been missed missed the last two weeks with an oblique injury. So like next man up in that running back room is DJ Dallas. So who knows what happens here? Uh, the 49ers look like an absolute juggernaut now that you know Trent Williams is back in that lineup and Debo Samuel is back in that lineup too. I, I lean more towards like Trent being the engine that's driving the car in this scenario because we saw what that offense looked like without Trent Williams on the offensive line. Now Brock Purdy looks like a quote-unquote MVP candidate. I just I, – I think San Francisco rolls here. The point spread's 10.5. I'm not going to play this game. I might look at some props, but if I was going to pick a side, I would probably lay the 10.5 with San Francisco. It's just, you know, we saw what happened last week or, or two weeks ago, rather, where this this Seattle defense just got hung out to dry because their offense couldn't do anything, and they started quitting, in my opinion. I think the same. I think this game might get out of hand again too at home for the 49ers in their favor. So I, I have San Francisco winning this game. I like how Freddie is in the chat talking up Zappy Hour. Zap, yeah. zap. Let's roll. Let's roll, yeah. baby. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, listen, ultimately, I got the 49ers winning this, winning this game as well. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Seahawks are playing some pretty bad football. Looks like Geno Smith finally started riding back. So 49ers are going to roll big time. Let's move on to a topic I want to discuss with you, Puma. Mm. What's your take on Brock Purdy? I, I know he's not MVP. I know he's not just a system quarterback. I think he's somewhere in between because I do want to give him some respect. I do want to essentially not say because we have seen other players in that system not work. We have seen Jimmy Garoppolo look not as good as this. He looked all right, but not as good as this. Nowhere near this. We've seen the CJ Bethards and a bunch of other bums that went through that program don't haven't looked the best. 
I'm not saying that, but I'm also I also don't want to get to the point where I want to be crazy about it and call him Joe Montana. Like there was a guy on ESPN talking about how early on Joe Montana was also essentially, you know, doubted because he has such great talent around him and a great offensive scheme. I'm not saying that. Where do you see Billy? Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry, not Billy Zappi, but um, a Brock Purdy fall. Like I, I was off his train for a little bit after the Cleveland game. But now I'm kind of buying back into him a little bit. Oh, yeah, I've been about? saying I've been saying he's been a system guy because we saw what he looked like when Trent Williams wasn't there. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are going to say like, oh, well, Debo wasn't there and this team couldn't do anything. No, 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 no. Trent Williams wasn't there and this offense looked like a shell of itself. He had no time in the pocket. He wasn't able to read the read the defenses. And yeah, sure, an argument could be made. He got a concussion or two against the the Minnesota Vikings. But I mean. Look at look at the difference. Look at the three game losing streak, and then look at what he's done when Trent Williams is back in that one, either back in that lineup or in that lineup in general throughout the regular season. Like he, if he can do what he's doing now without like a Trent Williams there, and listen, I'm not going to say it's all Kyle Shanahan and the scheme and the offense and the offensive line and Trent. Well, how much would you give? How much would you put it on Brock Purdy? Would it be 25%? I'm leaning the majority of this is going to go to Kyle Shanahan because, yeah, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is god awful and he's made a glass, but I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo did get them to a Super Bowl. And Mm -hmm. if he didn't overthrow, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, it's a different conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward. But the fact of the matter is, Mr. Glass, not like he looked the part in this offense. Sure, CJ, CJ Beathard, brutal, Nick Mullins. Brutal, but you look at Brock Purdy here, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm gonna lean more towards you know Kyle Shanahan, this offensive scheme, and you know, majorly Trent Williams being back in the lineup. Let me ask you a question. Right now, you probably have the 49ers either making to the Super Bowl or probably the AMC championship game, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say tomorrow Brock Purdy tears his tears his ACL. Do you feel Sam Darnold's gonna get into the NFC championship game or the Super Bowl? With that defense, I say NFC Championship game. I mean, look at that NFC. Outside outside of Dallas, what going, else is there? Going back on the road to Philadelphia, do you think Sam Darnold will be able to beat Philadelphia on the road in the playoffs? Assuming Philadelphia doesn't fall on their face? Well, well that, that, I mean, that's, the information we have right now is, you know, number one seed is Philadelphia, right? So I'm just obviously playing it out. Well, no, Which, San Francisco's the one seed. No, so right now there's still a game above. So San Eagles Francisco, be, yeah. well, they have the head-to-head, I think. So they, they're they're the one. I think so, Dallas is two, and Dallas – not Dallas is two. Philadelphia is two, and they're no, fighting so for Eagles, their life this Eagles week. are 10-2, and two, and 49ers are 9-3. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if they were tired, yeah, obviously the head-to-head would go to, go to, go to Philadelphia. But – I'm sorry, go to San Francisco. But my, my, my thought process being here, Puma, like, we feel very confident about Brock Purdy taking this team deep in the playoffs. Do we feel just as confident if Sam Darnold stepped in? And I don't think that's the case. I think most of America would say, oh, God, here we go. Like, again, uh, Brock Purdy was there last year in, the, in Philadelphia. Now, again, you got Sam Darnold. They might not have a chance. And, and I might be wrong, but the way I just feel right now, I feel like there's something special about this kid. Like, I was starting to say this. He has something special about him uh, against uh, – against because uh, I want to see him go through some uh, some 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 tough games, right? And he yeah. was going through a tough time in uh, in Cleveland. Now, he did get his team well, in he, position. Jay, three game, he had a three-game losing streak. It was just Cleveland. Like, he yeah. got – he lost it. He lost Minnesota. He lost in Cleveland. And I forgot the other, the some, other team some was. Context, they were all losses. I mean, yes, they lost. But the, the, the context is like – 
he did get his team in position to kick a field goal against Cleveland. Like he did have a concussion, in my opinion, against against uh, the Vikings. Right? I mean, yes, there are excuses. We can we can chalk up to excuses, but there is more to it than just he lost three straight in a row. You feel me? Yeah. Well, then, okay. What happened to Bengals game? Because I mean, he was a turnover machine in that game. Yeah, that that game, that Bengals game was just a Bengals that were just a better team that day. Like they got off the bus and they just steamrolled the 49ers. I'll I'll hand. I'm not I'm not trying to bury the kid here, but to me, like if he does what he's doing now, like let's say Trent Williams has another high ankle sprain, and again, like I'm not saying Trent Williams is playing quarterback back there, but he is a key piece of the offensive line. He's a massive piece to this run game. I mean, he's almost keeping up stride for stride with Christian McCaffrey. And we saw what happened with this offense when he wasn't in the, in that lineup and that offense went down the toilet and Brock Purdy looked really mortal and pedestrian. So am I going to, am I going to say like, Oh, you can just magically slide Sam Darnold in there and it's going to be like, you didn't miss a beat. No, there's going to be issues. I mean, we saw what Sam Darnold was with the New York jets, but this is a better offensive scheme than what he's dealt with in Carolina, in New York. And I think we we know how uh, Kyle Shannon can scheme up an offense and put people in positions to succeed. Do I think he's going to air it out and, and just start dropping bombs with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk down the field? Absolutely not. You're going to see them lean more on the run game, and Sam Darnold's just going to be more of a game manager. But do I think they could go up to Philadelphia and win? Sure, absolutely. They just blew their doors off. Whether or not it was Brock Purdy throwing three, three or four touchdown passes to Debo Samuel, I mean, Christian McCaffrey was gashing that offense, uh, that defense rather, on the ground. And there were times where Philadelphia looked like they didn't want to tackle anybody. So I think Sam Darnold could do that and in, in get to the NFC Championship game. Super Bowl might be a bridge too far, but I think he's more than manageable. Last question. What do you need to see out of Brock Party to buy into him? Do this like, without you... Trent Williams. But, like, that's that's so ridiculous. Like, I, mean, you know, well, I mean, people say it all the time. Well, people say, like, oh, well, two is doing this. Well, take Tyree Kill out of there. Okay, Brock Purdy's doing this. All right, take Trent Williams out of there. We saw. Yeah. I saw three games of what he looked like without Trent Williams there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in your world, you want Trent Williams to have a season-ending injury, right? Oh. Well, let's, let's back up. Let's not say that people get sensitive about that. You want Trent Williams, for some reason, to be away from the team, maybe as a personal issue, right? And you want to see Brock Purdy still produce the same level. I'm just saying there is a track record. Call it three games. You can say it's a small sample size. But he looked mortal with a capital M when that guy was not on the on the offensive line. All right. Okay. So winning is not enough for you, but you want to see him win without Trent I'm Williams. Not, that's th- that's a different question. You're saying, what do I need to see from Brock Purdy to bind to Brock right. Purdy? I'm not yeah. saying wins. The, I mean, wins for the, the quarterback staff for wins is just stupid. And I mm-hmm. will go to the grave with that. It's not like the same as baseball. True. But yeah. what I will say is call it, call it a small sample size. Yeah. I saw enough without the key guy on that offensive line that yeah. makes that run game and that offense go. And I saw what Brock Purdy looked like. Great. Call it a concussion. Call it whatever. But yeah. I saw what the dude looked like. I'm not saying like, oh, I want Trent Williams to have a high ankle sprain against Seattle. <laughs> it seems like you are. It seems like you are. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, do do it without him. Do yeah. it without him. Yeah. All right. So let's let's hope Kyle Shanahan benches uh Trent Williams just so we can see what Brock Party's made out of without his left tackle. 
sure. Go for it. Oh, Puma. Come on, man. I mean, the, I mean Jay, like the proof, the, the proof is in the pudding. Like if, you know, if from the systems argument, right? Like what has Jimmy Garoppolo done in Vegas with the guy Zero. that he had in New England? Zero. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's not that, Puma. I'm just saying that we've never seen this 49ers offense under Kyle Shanahan look this explosive. Have we at any time? The counter argument would be Jimmy Garoppolo also really didn't have Christian McCaffrey either. So I mean, he had him for a cup of coffee, and then they went to Brock after he got. I don't even think I don't even think Christian McCaffrey was there because well, he was there, but he, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't starting because he blew his ankle out right after yeah. right after uh, what's his name the Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I find this argument so funny because for the longest time, all we thought about um, Christian McCaffrey was a guy that couldn't stay healthy in Carolina, was good occasionally, was never there when you needed him, not reliable. And now all of a sudden he goes to the 49ers and he's like God's gift to football. Like, yes, I get it. He's great. He's a great chess piece. That's awesome. He can do anything, move him around everywhere. But like, let's not pretend like he's, he's the next company of like, uh, you know, a great quarter running back out there. Like, I, he's all right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but he's fantastic in that Shanahan system. Yeah. And that's part more of the system than anything else, you know? Right. Like the quarterback. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this pay, plays out for the rest of the season, Puma, because I would, I want to revisit this topic because, you know, I do, I do, I do like Brock Purdy. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think there's something there with him, right? So I definitely want to see some more out of him and uh, hopefully we'll get those answers as the season progresses. Now, but now, I mean, let me ask you this. Yes, yes. Are sir. you saying this because of Mr. 199, or would you be saying that if Brady wasn't picked at 199? Well, obviously, Puma, I have to go off of past history, like right? Yeah. Like okay. I've seen it happen once before, right? Uh, there's something about there's something about these people that have been beaten down their whole lives, been told you're not good enough. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. Just Brock like, Purdy was beaten down his entire life. Oh, okay, Jay. His whole football life, they told okay. him he wasn't good enough, right, Puma? Okay. Just like my boy Tom Brady was shitted on for so long. They told okay. him at Michigan he wasn't good enough. They told him in the NFL he wasn't good enough. And he said, hold my beer or hold my avocado ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All righty, Chief. Sure. All right. Well, let's move on to the last game of the slate. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys. You got to win this, bro. Uh, Dallas. I have Dallas rolling. They smell blood in the Whoa. water. They smell that. blood in the water. It's one of my best bets. We'll get to that in the next segment here. But, I mean – the, the Eagles have just faced a bear of a schedule. I think they've had like three or four games in under 20-ish days or some nonsense like that. And it really showed against, I guess, the San Francisco 49ers last week. And, you know, like I said in the last segment, there were times where some people in the in the Eagles defense, especially in the secondary, were trying to make uh, look like they were making some business decisions. And they didn't want to start tackling people in space. And that was probably the second touchdown for, on Debo Samuel's day last week. Um, but – you're starting to see the injury bug catch up. Uh, there's a reason why Shaq Leonard signed with the Eagles. I mean, they they need the depth at this point because they've been dealing with the injuries. You know, Lane Johnson, he played last week, but, you know, he, he's been dealing with injuries. Jalen Hurts has been dealing with the knee injury off and on all season. Um, you know, Dallas, it's at home. It's at Jerry World. They should have won the first meeting. Uh, you know, I think it was like week seven or eight. They lost. Uh, they, Dallas just couldn't get out of their own way in that game. I think they're gonna, you know, avenge this. They're gonna beat the Eagles here, and they're they're still gonna be live for the potential winning of the division because the Eagles had that big loss against the 49ers here. So 
you know, the Dallas Cowboys are still alive for potential number one seed. Uh, you know, granted the tiebreakers with the 49ers because the 49ers curb stomped them early on the season. But I have a couple of bets in this game. I have Dallas rolling at home. So before I make my pick, I, I, let me get you a quick update on this uh, injury report. Is uh, is Dom DeSandro going to be on the sideline, the Eagles head of security? Well, who knows? I mean, he might be getting a little suspension from the NFL. That would probably be the first time a security personnel guy is getting suspended. I I have no idea. If Dom is not on the sideline, bro, I can't pick the Eagles, right? Obviously, he, he makes the whole team go, right? No, I'm just messing I mean, can but... you pick can you pick them after what they did last week? <laughs> I am gonna pick the Eagles, Puma. I am oh, gonna pick man. the Eagles because I, I still believe this is a good football team. I still think this is a team that just ran into a bus, saw the 49ers had their number. They had payback on their minds. And I'll be real with you. I do believe this, this Jalen Hurts, this Jalen Hurts injury is more than he's letting on. I do believe it's hindering his performance quite a bit. So there's no way Puma that I see them losing two games in a row, uh, especially against the, uh, against the team like the Dallas Cowboys. So give me the Eagles all day, every day. Now the question I have for you, Puma is, is this going to be a high scoring affair, or do you think this is going to play out as a low scoring, like defensive battle? Because, you know, conventional wisdom will tell you, you know, Dallas scores a million points a game. Eagles can match, obviously, anybody in the league. You would think it's a high scoring game, but I'm really feeling the under in this game. I really got a good vibe about the under in this game. I mean, the over under is 53. I mean, that's a lot of points in a primetime game. It's just, yep. it's going to come down to are there going to be stupid turnovers that turn into points on the board like a pick six or short fields that set up a touchdown because mm -hmm. if that's the case especially with bland who granted was burnt toast last week at times against dk metcalf but he's i think he's like you know in the top 10 in touchdowns this year and he plays on defense if he you know you get a pick six that, that goes the whole ball game in my opinion i mean 53 is a lot i kind of lean over because really? I, have, I have a little action for a team total in this game mm -hmm. um but i mean 53 is a lot i probably wouldn't touch the total but i mean i'm touching the team total for dallas okay well let's just roll right into that the puma bets for this week puma who you got man yeah so i mean i just said it here i have dallas rolling in this game so give me dallas minus three and a half at home i got it at plus one you know even money plus 100 on FanDuel. I think it's still hanging around at plus 100. I would like it a lot more if it wasn't three and a half and I didn't have to deal with the hook, but I think they're going to roll. So I like Dallas in this spot. I also have the Dallas team total over 27 and a half, uh, you know, for all the things I've laid out. I, the defense for Philadelphia's gas has been a bear of a schedule. Injury bugs catching up with them. And I think this is going to be a little bit of payback for what happened earlier in the year. So I think Dallas is going to score at least 28 points. Uh, like I said, I'm not touching over under 53. That's a lot for a primetime game, especially given the history of primetime uh, totals this season. But I would definitely look at team totals to kind of circumvent that, uh, in my opinion. Uh, now, we're going to go to the Windy City, little NFC North matchup between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. Detroit is three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. And I'm taking the Chicago Bears at home. Give me the three-and-a-half points. Give the three and a half points. You can get it at three on FanDuel, I think, at even money as well, too. Uh, I'll pay the juice for three and a half minus 122 on DraftKings just because it's going to be a lot of high wind and rain in the forecast. There are people calling for it looks like 30 plus mile an hour winds in Chicago. 
Uh, Jared Goff's history in cold weather games is well established. I think he has a sub 500 record, if I recall correctly off the top of my head. Uh, I think this is going to be a low scoring affair. I think going to see both teams try to run the football. Uh, I'm waiting for player props to come out because I think this would be a big Justin Fields rushing game just because mm. of how low the total is and what the weather forecast is. Um, so give me the three and a half at home with the Chicago Bears. I pr- I won't even hate putting a little bit on the on the money line for the Bears. I think they could win outright because this defense for the uh, Detroit Lions has been exposed, in my opinion, the last couple of weeks. And I said this, this is kind of the one thing that's holding me back from buying into Detroit as a legit playoff contender or Super Bowl contender, rather, is how bad that secondary has been. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Baltimore at home against the L.A. Rams. The point spread seven. And I'm going to lay all seven points with Baltimore. Every time there's been a West-ish coast team, whether it's Detroit, whether it's the Seattle Seahawks, they get their doors blown in. Uh, I think it's a bad travel spot for the L.A. Rams. You know, the the Ravens are coming off of a bye week. Uh, You know, maybe OBJ will be a little bit more healthier, maybe a little revenge factor against this old team. Um, So give me – Give me Baltimore rolling at home. I'm going to lay the seven points. I probably wouldn't hate a couple of player props in this game either. And also, Pukunaku is dealing with a couple of injuries. You have Cooper Cup that's dealing with an injury as well, too. Like I know the the, the Rams offense has been firing all cylinders the last couple of weeks, but the injury bug, in my opinion, is starting to catch up. And now you have a travel spot. I'll lay all seven points with Baltimore here. Then you have the other L.A. team, the Chargers at home against Denver Broncos. The Chargers look god-awful in Foxborough uh-huh. last week. Yes, and did. yet they are a three-point favorite against the Denver Broncos? Nah, How? man. Why? Give me – that's what I was trying to figure out. Give me the three points with Denver on the road. Uh, I think this is probably the – there'll probably be more Broncos fans in SoFi Stadium than the actual Chargers fans here. <clears throat> the defense for the Broncos, they've been very opportunistic with turn by getting turnovers and generating turnovers. Um, they didn't have that last week. They went they went away from the run game as well, too, and that kind of bit them in the ass against the, the Houston Texans. Um, I think you'll see Russ go back to more of the game manager mode. You can run on this Chargers defense, uh, even though the last couple of weeks they look to have improved a little bit. Uh, but I have to look at the numbers, what they've done on the run defense without Bosa in the lineup. But I'll take the three points with Denver. I think they they get right back on track. You know, they beat they beat this. They're still alive for a wild card cha- uh, spot in the AFC. So, you know, Denver has to start winning, uh, winning outright, in my opinion. So give me the Broncos, Broncos country. Let's, let's ride. ride. And then finally, there's actually two prim- there's two Monday night football games, J.D. Did you know that this week? Yes, I saw that. I was like, what's happening here? Why? Yeah, bizarre world. And it's not like one's on ESPN and one's on like staggered starts. They're both at eight o'clock. It's stupid. But yeah. One of them is my Miami Dolphins at mm-hmm. home against mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans, and they're laying 13 and a half. Well, I will lay all 13 and a half points with the Miami Dolphins at home. I know it's a big number, but anything under two touchdowns is green, green as go for me. Uh, you know, two attack of Iloa has been fantastic against the spread at home. I think he's like 10 and one or 10 and oh, he's got a s- amazing record against the spread at home. Uh, the secondary for the Tennessee Titans is god-awful. Uh, you're going to have a big game from Tyreek Hill. I think you're going to have a big game from J- uh, Jalen Waddell here. 
you know, fire up all your dolphins here. You, you know, if you want to look at some over props for receiving, I wouldn't hate you for it because that's probably what I'm going to do. I might come back to this game for a team total for Miami, but I'm going to lay 13 and a half. Anything under two touchdowns for me is a go with the Miami Dolphins. Cool, cool, man. What's your take on uh, this uh, Houston Texans versus New York Jets under of 32.5? I mean, Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle or Travis Simeon will not be able to score. So can Houston get to the 30s, which I doubt they can, like 27, 24. And plus, like the weather forecast, and that number has been going down over the last couple of days because the weather is supposed to be astastic up here with high wind and rain too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hate the 32. Mm-hmm. But that's like – it's another instance of stupid turnover, <laughs> short fields, like <clears> – <throat> I wouldn't hate it. What is that? Minus 110 odds. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. The 32 and a half. Eh. I probably yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't touch this game personally, but I wouldn't hate the under. Ooh, check out this under 39.5 with the Colts and Bengals. That could be. Yeah, especially after what Jake Browning did last last night. Mm-hmm. Granted that, that you know, Jacksonville defense, I wasn't buying into that defense before they started getting some injuries last night in the middle of the game. Um I mean, let's see. Damn. What's the for two and a half? That's such a big number for the Colts and the Cowboys. I'm sorry, Eagles and Cowboys. Yeah, that's why I went after the team total because I wasn't. I'm not sweating out 52, especially with how the primetime, you know, under trend has been. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, man. Anything else you want to get to before we wrap it up? Nah, man. Think we think we covered all the bases. I, I got a lot off my chest about Florida State. You know, feel good about feel good about myself now. Now, here's the thing. I mean, just to close the loop on college football, I mean, you know, to talk about Ohio State for a minute. You guys, oh, don't get me uh, riled up, Puma. Don't get me don't riled up. A, you don't have a quarterback, so who's going to start nice. the bowl game? Which is nice, which is fine. The bowl game doesn't matter. We're playing the Con Bowl against uh, Missouri. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter? No. Marvin Harrison's not playing. Common Cord's in the transfer portal. We're just getting ready for next year. This this game in the, uh, the bowl game, it's not about us winning or losing, Puma. It's about getting some practice reps in, okay? That's all we're there for. We're just working on the team for next year. As simple as I that. I mean, you guys whole- recruit out of Missouri, right? You know, come on now. Help the recruit. Who we get out of Missouri, huh? So some some big offensive lineman. We'll find a million of them. We'll be fine. We're not finding I mean, any out of Missouri. What the, hell, what the hell good has ever Missouri produced, huh? Nothing. Nothing at all, wow. all right? So wow. all I'm saying is Ohio State, Ryan Day finally came to his senses. Looks like he's moving off of Ryan. He's moving off of Kyle McCord. Hopefully they go after some prize, you know, top recruit. You'll need $2 million right in your bank account just to send over to this kid, which is fine. We have the money. Let's get a quarterback in here and let's ride. All right. Buckeye country. Let's ride. Will Howard or Rogers, whatever the K-State quarterback name is, because I can't think after COVID yeah. or Cam Ward. That's it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take bank. any of them. I'll take any of them because you know my disdain for Kyle McCord. Not a fan. Yep. Not at all. If and also, not- like, think of it this way. Like, if you get Cam yeah. Ward, or hell, even uh, even like the K-State guy, he can move around. Like, there really isn't – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. There really isn't a whole lot of quarterbacks in the Big Ten that can move, around, like, mobile and be dynamic with their legs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, th- yeah, we don't have many. But we we have to go out there and find somebody. Like, ultimately, mm-hmm. our young kid, Devin Brown's not ready. We do have this kid coming out of uh, – God, some like uh, North Dakota State, one of those states in the middle of the country where everybody flies over, it doesn't really matter. But 
we have this kid coming out of uh, one of these states. He he reminds me of Quinn Ewers, like just a big live arm, ready to throw down. If you only think he's gonna be ready next year, so that's probably why we're in the transfer portal. But our next big recruit is right around the corner. I, I think we'll be all right. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, this episode and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on demand for your listening pleasure on YouTube. On Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube. Be sure to hit that little subscribe button, get that little bell, so you get that notification of when we're about to go live. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave that five-star review. It helps with the algo somewhere with some kid in Palo Alto, which is funny enough right next to Santa Clara, I believe, which is right by where the San Francisco 49ers play. Uh, so help us out with the with the exposure. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, the Twitter machine at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at Jay Chima. And for more betting action, if you go into Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called, and you put in hashtag PumaBest for the search, brought up to speed with what my latest stuff is on the feed. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Bye, Condios.